You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Recording started. Hey, everybody. I want to welcome you to this week's Matrixit discussion group call for tactical sovereignty. I didn't have a whole lot planned for this evening, so there's just, you know... A few things, you know, have been on my radar for quite a while. I just want to touch on tonight. And uh, one of the things really is so many times people think that they are doing things that they're really not doing or uh, making an action that necessarily is not an action at all. Uh, very often you see people send different things, you know, whether it's to a court or whatever the case, to an agency, and they don't get a response back from them because they think that, you know, well, gosh, you know, they ignored us. So uh, evidently my affidavit stands as truth in commerce because there was no reply, there was no rebuttal, which isn't necessarily always the case. It, um Many of these, and I would even go as much as to say most of these agencies or different departments, um, don't have to answer you. They, they have no obligation to you. People don't realize that. That's just kind of one of the quirks of the system. Uh, I even watched it in a court case the other day where a gentleman was asking the judge, uh, the judicial administrator, hey, you know, you haven't answered my affidavit. And judge was like, yeah, so, I mean, he, he was just ignoring him and the guy kept bugging him. He's like, okay, fine, fine. I'll answer it. I'll answer your affidavit. Your affidavit is denied. How's that for an answer? You can just ignore it. Yeah. And the same thing gets into what a lot of people do, which is, you know, um, they're signing petitions or, you know, um, going and marching at the Capitol building or marching at the white house. Uh, you know, I'm sorry, you, you can go and march all you want, you can cry all you want, scream all you want, it doesn't change anything. Uh, you're still a subject or a citizen of U.S. Inc. or New Zealand or wherever you hail from. People don't realize that. And um, we're going to play a little short four and a half minute clip here by Robert Menard, just because I love the way he explains this. And... Uh, uh, he's a social media friend. Maybe he'll visit us one of these days here, but let's take a listen to what Robert Menard has to say. Greetings, everybody. Keith, your co-host here. Please pay attention. This is Worthy Words. Now, one of the things that I noticed at the G20 was the fact that there is a lot of people protesting and talking about their right to peacefully protest. And they think that they are actually doing good. Now, it's true you have a right to peacefully protest. You also have a right to shit your bed, roll around in it, and call it chocolate sauce. It doesn't mean it's an effective way of achieving anything. Plus, believe it or not, when you are protesting, 
you're engaging in a certain legal activity that has certain legal ramifications. Now, a lot of people think that when they protest, they are rejecting, they're telling the government no, and they're trying to reject it. And then they get mad. Oh, we protested it, and the government did it anyways. Why? Because they don't understand what a protest is, legally speaking. Chances are some lawyers came and told you, yeah, you have a right to protest. Sure enough, you do. But then if you start doing it, let's look at what happens. Legally speaking, protest means performance under, uh, without being happy about it, without agreement, without contract. It's an okay, but I'm not happy about it. It is not a rejection. It is clearly a legal acceptance. So if you are protesting HST, you are legally accepting HST, but saying you're unhappy about it. You're not, you're not happily accepting it. It is not a rejection. If you start protesting things, historically what it, what it meant was that if someone came and ordered you to do something, you could ask to see the contract if they refused to produce it, but then they demanded you engage in this action anyways, you could fulfill, you could perform, but you do it under protest. What this means is you are performing, you're doing what the other guy wants. Uh, if, however, within three days, they can't bring a contract showing you the terms of the contract saying that, yes, you had a duty to do that, then you get to determine the terms of that contract. Protest is acceptance. Remember that it is not a rejection. Anytime you protest something, you are accepting it legally. This is why the government likes it when you peacefully protest. You're letting them know, yeah, okay, we're giving you legal permission to do this, but we're going to cry about it like a baby. Protest is for children. There are far, far, far better ways to achieve the positive change you seek. You can still march up and down the road with your signs. Just don't call it a protest. Call it a rejection. Yeah, publicly reject their policies instead Instead of publicly protesting them, and then you're actually rejecting their policies instead of giving them permission to carry forth with them. And most people who protest have no idea that by protesting, they are granting permission for the very thing that they're standing against. This is why protesting really is for children. You don't even understand what you're doing. If you want to achieve a change, write a letter. Get, get busy on the internet, maybe make some videos, get active in court, start filing documents. There are much better ways. And even your rights, when it comes right down to it, peaceful protest, it's the lowest of the low. When it comes to seeking redress from government abuses, protest is the least effective way. Revoking consent to be governed, that's probably the best. So, folks, the next time you protest something, just know you are accepting it. You're not saying no to it. You're saying yes, but I get to cry about it. That's what protest legally means. What you actually mean to do, I think, is a rejection, a public rejection, a peaceful public rejection. You do the same thing. You march around, have your hot dogs, blow your bubbles, do whatever the hell you want, provided it's peaceful but you publicly reject the government policies instead of publicly protesting them. Because protest is yes. Rejection is no. There you go. Courtesy Robert Menard.
<clears throat> and I suggest people go and check him out. He's got some interesting info out there. He's done a lot of, uh, I think he's done a lot of stand-up too. And his stand-up is just excellent. But, you know, I, I see these people signing petitions. I, I've seen people you know, even recently standing in front of different buildings uh, or places that they, they work at with their signs that, you know, they're protest, you know, protesting a, a jab or something like that. And I just kind of laughed to myself because of how little, you know, not only how little we've been taught, but how little people have really gone out and researched what some of these activities really are. And, you know, I don't mean to, for instance, harp on religion, but let's look at one of the longest running protests that there have been out there. It's called the Protestant movement. And it started soon after the time of Martin Luther. Martin Luther, a lot of people will point to him when I talk about this, and I'm like, no, he did not really start the Protestant movement. What he was starting was the Reformation. He wanted to reform. It was the Reformation movement of the church that he was trying to push because of some of the things he didn't like, such as the indulgences. Uh, The indulgences, which really are no different than uh, what you see today in court when you're paying bail. That's an indulgence you're paying. You get released. Uh, they've carried the same things over into um, the judicial administrative system that has been practiced by the Vatican for a very long time. And you can protest all you want. The Protestants, you know, they've been protesting for how long? Does that mean they're no longer part of the Vatican? I would say absolutely not. Um, if anything was really to have taken hold, would have been what was called the separatist movement. But I think that the Protestant movement kind of got hijacked and the separatist movement kind of quietly slipped away. But that's really what needs to be done. Uh, just like Robert Menard said, the most effective thing you can do is withdraw your consent. That's the most effective thing that churches could have done is separated. And that's what I've said many times, abjure the Rome, you separate, you leave, you leave in peace, say, you know what, you guys are going to do what you do, that's fine, that's not the direction I'm heading in. Uh, and I know you've got thoughts on this as well, Keith, go for it, bro. Well, you know, that's one of the reasons why I quit signing years back. And I've been bringing it to the, to the, um, to the forum as much as I can that, you know, everything that we do today operates in trust law under the military operational law of nations. They are the, 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 the most deeply seated trust. And that trust is based upon hum, human rights or whatnot in, in regards to spirituality itself. In the law of nations, they recognize two things, flags and standard signs of national institutions of arts, religion, education, culture, things like that. When you're operating in those capacities, you don't fly a flag. You express your your trust, which is the knowledge, which is the benefit. No one benefits from anything in life unless they have some kind of knowledge of how to use it. 
This is the beneficial position of the benefactor. I think this is one of the big things people forget is that record is identifying a person. No one can rec- can, can can identify the man himself except himself. Identification. I dent. I speak. Dentures. I speak. I say who I am. And when you commit to that paperwork and what other people are suggesting you are, and you fall to that, you've already fallen. You have to come out of that and realize every last bit of commercial paper is nothing but that. It's commercial paper. Period. If it's a storybook, it was used to make commercial paper. But they made that storybook first and then sold it under that commercial paperwork. That's what they're doing to you. They're taking your labor and selling it under that commercial paperwork. Every time you sign a document, they turn around and sell it. And again, it's all trust operation and the simplicities of a trust. The beneficiary is not required to do anything. The beneficiary can dismiss the trustee because the de- the, the beneficiary is known to be the true owner. And if he did, does dismiss the trustee, the, the trust shall not fail for want of trustee. In other words, the completion of the trust upon collapsing it because it is no longer valid. The beneficiary has now had to move into settler position. And ha- that means the trust must collapse. He must now take full possession in order to protect those assets himself. Because the system itself has proven not capable of doing so now we can move those assets into a private holding that's the only way to do it folks and again the benefit itself is knowledge my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge and if your mom and dad aren't teaching this stuff and they're sending you to public schools instead they are not passing on the knowledge they are not being priests unto him to teach you therefore they're being denied and since you don't know it you get denied too This is why I'm out here expressing this stuff. You will never be a true beneficiary if you keep falling to the susceptibility that you have to sign. No one has to sign. And it tells us that if the trust shall not fail for want of trustee, the simplest trust is a straightforward grant from the grantee to the beneficiary. Now, this is how the scripture works. It expresses contracts under that trust in the expression of the of Moses bringing the law to the people to let them know the law. When Jesus came, he was surety for the people to remind them of the law and teach them how to use it. Moses only put it before him with no instructions. Jesus was the instructor. The benefit of Jesus is to learn from his instructions. And that refers right back to in beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. He was instructing you upon the words of God, not legal fictions. He put the word, his word in your heart with his index finger. It's there. That's all that needs to be written anywhere. Everything else is in fact fiction. If you're not listening to your own heart. 
Yeah, that's one of the things that I've said a lot of times. You know, you go to the uh, play of, with Hamlet, uh, where the statement is made, I've given you one face, but you've put on another. And that's exactly what the juridic person is. It's that um, definition of, of face regarding like plays. You know, you're putting on a different persona. And it's a persona that man has created when there was already a persona created for you before you even took your first breath. And that's found in Jeremiah 1.5, I believe. Yep. And, and that's the expression of the first face, the happy one, the one that's born in joy. He has experienced no oppression yet. It is not until we take upon the personage that we put that frown on our face. And that is the other personage that we get confused in by binding our, our logic and reason with those emotions displayed in those masks. And that's the problem. Again, we should stay out of the emotions and just stick strictly to the word that's written in our hearts and use that with reason and logic. And now I know this takes a lot of people out of the realm of empathy and sympathy and they have to sit there in the realm of apathy and that's very hard to do. Believe you me. I love you all. And every time I have to sit back here and reject somebody and say, tell them I can't help you in that way. I really feel for them because I was there at that point, at, at that point in my life once before as well. And people here, Brian, you saw me reaching out to people. But that's because I wasn't just reaching out to people for their solution. I was reaching out for their ideas and things that worked for them or things that they were using. So I could research it myself. Like I said, I, I have a hard time believing anybody because I lost my mommy and daddy when I was five and, had, and couldn't believe in anybody. And spent the rest of my life telling people, you ain't my daddy. And it's come full circle. Now I know who that is. And I am the prodigal son. And that's what matters. Nothing else. Nothing else. Yeah, I think everybody's really kind of played the role of prodigal son uh, without even really realizing it. And I keep going back. You know, that last thing that Robert Menard said was... You know, withdrawal consent is probably the strongest thing you can do. And, and that's really the direction I went into in the very beginning. Fortunately, I wasn't facing like jail time or a court case or anything like that. So when I was researching things and, and you know, we mentioned, you know, being trained in public school. I never went to public school. I only went to private uh, air quotes, Christian school. But even, even the Christian school didn't teach the things that really needed to be taught. Uh, however, it did open my eyes and kind of point me in the right direction that I should be looking in. And that's what I did. And for me, uh, the best thing anybody can do is don't wait until your foot's caught in a bear trap, but, you know, withdraw your consent, uh, withdraw your position as surety, uh, withdraw your position. With, withdraw your position as being part of e pluribus unum, the out of many one. I'm not one of the many. Uh, you look around at society today and the things that are going on. Uh, no, please don't lump me in with those people. Well, uh, don't treat me as one of those because I'm not. 
And, and if we do pay attention to those scriptures, people, I want people to really pay attention to Matthew. You know, it, it's funny how Matthew 18, verses 15 through 20, tells us how we're supposed to go to our brother in private and make those, those amends through those channels. Okay? But here it is, is Matthew was the tax, taxpayer who was contracted with the Roman Empire to be a uh, to fulfill a public office and stand there in a public forum all day long collecting taxes for people that voluntarily walked up to the window to ask him for the record of their taxes by reporting to them to to him how much they'd made the previous day or week or whatever. So we find out that the element two elements here I want to point out is that we are the ones giving them the information in order for them to tax us. Second thing is that when when Matthew decided to follow Jesus, he just closed his books, closed the window, walked out the door, shut it, locked it, and started walking away. The Roman guard that stood there protecting him asked him where he was going. And he said he was done. He no longer wanted to do that. If he was done, and he was under contract, he had the right to finalize that contract by quitting. That meant that the Roman guard was no longer viable for service to protect him and needed not to protect him. So he went back to the emperor and told the emperor that they needed a new tax collector for District 13. The emperor asked him why. He said, well, he, he quit today. The, the emperor asked him, well, why did you let him quit? And the Roman guard responded, he was a private contractor. He was, we were without recourse. And that's truly what it is. They are private contractors, privately contracting with everybody. And they're the ones without recourse. They're the ones that cannot bring actions against somebody when they say, hey, listen, I, I, I think I've been confused on the record and mis misdescribed as a trustee. If that's the case, I quit. The presumption no longer resides. Period. And that truly is as simple as it is. They, you, you're, you are not required to file anything on the record. You're just supposed to scream the word of the Lord and let no word prosper against you. Let no word rise up against you in judgment. You shall condemn them. For the righteousness of yourself is of the Lord, saith the Lord. So long as you use his word. In the beginning it was the word and the word was with God. And the word was God. So when you use that word, you are, you're right there with God and it is God speaking. Are you? Yeah. You know, I, I thinking about a lot of the statements of various people make about how do you do this or how do you do that? And I remember the, something that was written by uh, Clint Richardson. Um, I believe it was entitled Abjure the Realm. And it was talking about, all the ways you get trapped through life. And a lot of people think, oh, I shouldn't have to do this. I shouldn't have to do that. Well, guess what? You willingly were putting your foot in a bear trap step by step by step while you grew up. And then as an adult, the different things that were signed. Like I always try to remind people, you have to realize that any time a signature is required, there's a contract running somewhere behind in the background. 
that's one of the things that definitely should have been taught to you. So if your signature is required, then also require to see the contract that you're agreeing to. Yep. A lot of the things that Clint Richardson brought up, a lot of these different ways that they get people roped in, you know, well, what, what do you do about that? Well, you go back and you change those contracts. You either make an amendment to those contracts or you remove yourself from them. Uh, if nullification can be done by a single jury member, then why can't you nullify your standing? Exactly. My point, Brian, they have absolutely no witness and they're going to other people to get that information and yet depend on or, or make it clear that one person can nullify the whole thing just because of his belief. So why do we need jury trials or trials by jury? Specifically, when they pull them in those courts through a civil service promotion through the mail, wherein they uh, provide a uh, supposed jury duty where they accept it through the mail and claim United States resident and then walk into the court giving a state ID. And then they not, none of them, not only, I, I can't say none of them, but 99.99% of them likely do not know what a United States citizen is, let alone even less of a percentage of them has an oath to support it if they did. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, furthermore, just look at a little bigger issue, maybe. Um, what authority do you have to judge another man? Do you feel another man has any authority to judge you? Uh, this is one of the reasons why I've really promoted uh, going and doing a um, non-501c3 uh, clergy. Yeah. Because... You're right there. It's very simple right there. You're, you're just putting on the record who and what you follow. And I believe it was uh, Pope Innocent that said that the righteous man shall be judged by no man. Yeah. The spiritual man shall be judged by no man. So uh, are you a spiritual human being or are you so worried about what dirty old Uncle Sam has to say? Yeah, and that's that's my main gravamen for for everything that goes on is Isaiah 54, verse 17. You know, it says, let no tongue prosper against thee. Anyone who shall rise up in judgment, thou shalt condemn thee. This is the righteousness of the children of the Lord, saith the Lord. Their righteousness is of me. Because he's the one that judges, not us. We're, our job is to forgive so in their judgment, I'm not going to let them prosper, and I will forgive them. And in so doing, I repent for my own mutual mistakes. But let it be known from this time forth and forevermore, I am the, one of the children of Israel in the house of Judah. And I was born of the, of the clan Conrady, all totally a legal fiction. After I was given the calling Keith, he knew me before I was formed in the belly, that Jeremiah 1 verse 5. So it didn't matter what mom and dad called me. Again, Genesis 2 verse 7, man became a living soul. And that is the name I follow. And I don't care what it sounds like when he gets ready to call me. In the meantime, I'm following his words, the sound of his voice. And that is my invoice. I yield.
Yep, the invoice. <laughs> you know, and it seems like if you if you really pay attention, to everything that's put in front of you. You know, look at all. I see all these people with all these freaking. Sorry, it's not just a receiver. It's also a transmitter stuck in your ear. You know, your iPods or whatever. You know, there, there's so much affecting you and keeping your mind busy that you're not going to hear that in voice or that inner voice. And I see so many people around today that, you know, they're proud of getting a jab or whatever. And it's like, do they really think that dirty old uncle Sam cares about them and has what's best in mind for them? I mean, these are probably the same people that think the stripper likes them, you know, sorry, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Well, what we have today is a lot like um, David and Goliath. You know, when David went up to fight Goliath, he had a community of supporters. And my God, I, I, I'm sure they loved him. But in their own cognitive dissonance of beliefs on how to fight a war, they tried to give this little boy weapons of a man and armor of a man. And he couldn't. He had to stand there in the naked full armor of God and use what God gave him. And that, I tell you, people, is the mightiest weapon. You don't need the weapons and armor of man. I assure you, those are showing that you are in possession of articles of war and have given up his full armor. If you are wearing the full armor of a man, then you're not in your true nakedness. You there's chinks. Like there's chinks in that armor. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you comprehend the story of the, the, the emperor wears no clothes. The true emperor is naked, and he doesn't depend on the people's opinions and thoughts. He depends on their honor and because he has glory to provide them. So if you're going to be an earthly king, you have to follow Romans 13, 1 through 8. Because there is no power but that which is ordained of God. Back to Jeremiah 1 verse 5. We are all sanctified and ordained prophets unto the nation. Once you give your oath to the state courts and don't follow that oath, you have given up under Romans 13 verse 1. And you should be in terror of his wrath. Because again, like Brian said, we're not supposed to judge anybody. But we shall not let any tongue prosper against us. And while you're sitting there kidnapping the children of Israel and using them as your merchandise of commercial paper, putting your signatures on it, knowing full well we are the beneficiaries of our all, all, almighty in the, in the heavens. Like kind, image and likeness, standing face to face. How dare you? You have an ulterior higher motive that should be in place. And if it's not, it shows your evil deceit, period. I yield again. They were told over and over again, I think it was First uh, Samuel 8, that the king would make merchandise of you. That word merchandise was used numerous times, that this is what would happen to you. And, you know, you can go to First Samuel 8, and it has happened. I mean, step by step, everything that was laid out is exactly what's happened. Uh, if I remember correctly, Keith, uh, the story of the emperor having no clothes, wasn't it actually a child at the end that 
pointed yep. it out. <laughs> and it's only with a child's eyes that you can really see the truth. That is the biblical reference in the parable of putting away childish things. You have to start learning, people. You have to start learning. And the only way you can do that is it's not playtime anymore. You have to put down the toys and the playful, wishful things and start acting like the man you're supposed to be and living with your soul by letting that breath provide the voice within you to come out. Well, and that's one of the things, Keith, is, is that, you know, over and over, it seems like, you know, you look at the different groups of people trying to accomplish different things. And uh, you see, I think the first rabbit hole, a lot of people fall down is like the Patriot rabbit hole. And down their rabbit hole, you see a lot of people thinking that they can do this or they can do that and, and affect things. And, yeah, some little things may work here or there, but they're going to let a certain amount of stuff really slide through. And But what I noticed really when I looked at that in the beginning was I saw a lot of people who had been involved in the fight for 20, 30 years or whatever. And is that the way you want your life to constantly be? Be constantly fighting something? I mean, because that's what they're going to do. If you want to engage them, they will keep you engaged. Yep. And, and then you see other people. I, I see people uh, tout different things, you know, do this or do that. Or, uh, you know, oh, you got to go find that red fox stamp. And I fixed the red fox stamp and signed it at a 45-degree angle to cancel it out as postmaster or whatever. It's like, listen, you're just following one deception for another. I mean, with a lot of these things, that's why I'll say to people, who told you that? Because I want them to stop and think, who did tell me that? Was this a legitimate resource? Um, is, is this some place that where I'm actually seeing momentum and things that actually happen? Or just more crazy ideas that you're following, just like, the crazy things that you've been meant to believe all this time, you know, um, support the troops or the term jury duty as if you have a duty. I mean, people need to start rethinking a lot of these things. Well, yeah, you have people that are, like you said, in these different communities that are gathering up together. And I'll tell you, you know, I do. I don't like the term follow. So I do search and research information that I gather from other people that I consistently search. In other words, Brian, when I first come on and I started seeing your information, I liked it. So I searched you up again. I searched you up enough and did research enough that I come to know you. This is the only way I found any resolution between myself and any other being is by getting to know each other instead of placing presumptions. Now, one of the things I want to mention about these patriot communities is that they come together in those communities and then want you to join. I, again, I hope to express an ulterior to grouping by just merely being in a gathering that's already existent in the name of Christ, of in beginning was the word and the word was with our God, with God and the word was God. If we learn to just comprehend, to speak to each other with the word of God and get to know each other first and develop that trust, then we can start making those internal private agreements known as private contracts. It's a process. 
This is the main process that we are not involved in. Hosea 4, verse 6. My people are destroyed for the lack of that knowledge. You have to take things in and observe them. Record them in your mind and reflect on them. This is called experience to gain the knowledge so that you can do it again. So you can find out the same or better results to, that gives you wisdom to know how to do it better the next time. It's not a one-time occurrence. It's going to be continuous, repeated exposure to problems and difficulties that you're going to have to learn how to resolve yourself because no one else has that solution, period. Absolutely. It has to be you. I mean, because really when it comes down to it, um, you consented and you willfully put yourself into the trap that you're in and it's only you that can get you out nobody else can i i've seen um uh, different groups and things like that where they say oh you know you join us and we'll do this and this and that for you and stuff and then you know life will be easy and one of the first things i ask to myself when i see things like that is okay are you surrendering power of attorney to these people? Because if you're not surrendering power of attorney to these people, they can't do crap for you. Bottom line. And when you hear a different group, if <laughs> give, let me give you a heads up. If you hear a group talking about having a fear of being infiltrated, that, that should be sign number one. Because who gets infiltrated? Number one, if everything you're doing is on the up and up, then there's nothing to worry about. But who gets infiltrated? I'll tell you who gets infiltrated. Cults. Cults yep. get infiltrated. And the reason why they're in fear of getting infiltrated is because you're going to change the doctrine of the cult. Yep. And this is this is why I tell people, you know, I've had the same Yahoo email account for almost 25 years now. I don't have security on my computer. I use Google Chrome. My, my website is through BraveNet. And it's completely open. You can see my Facebook posts from day one have always been public, never private. I am not afraid of posting anything because, like I said, I do my searches and research. And usually it's copy-paste right from the public domain. I make sure that I don't make any threats or create any kind of terroristic situations. And this is the problem people have. They're so concerned and full of fear that they want to hide everything. I'm not hiding anything. And that's the perfect point, Brian. When you get involved in these organizations, they want you to fill out a non-disclosure. Why? What is it they need to hide? Private data elements that are being used commercially to make a profit off of another man, which is a crime. And if they and if they can kick you out of that group, then guess what? It's a cult. <laughs> and that's why I profess the word of God. You see my my if you go to my site, Wordwise Warrior, it comes up and, and, and it's all scriptural. I adopted their codes and stuff to sh so that in the future I can pinpoint them out and point exactly out or point out exactly what I'm talking about in reference to the foreign property custodian and transfers and customs duties and all this. That's your language. And it tells us to let no tongue 
prosper against us. So I'm very adept at your language. Not only am I very adept at your language, the judge asked me one day, do you understand English? I, I, I lied to him, not knowingly. I am comprehending English much better, but I will never understand it. In the meantime, I also learned how to develop my own symbols so that I can present it in my own manner and my own artwork. And then if you have questions, we it shows that we do, in fact, need to get to know each other a little better. And that's all it is. Look at my page. It is a map. It is described as a private member association, but it is first described as a faith based union. And that's all it is. We are already a union based on faith. It's just re-articulating what already is. Period. I yield. I, I highly recommend people set up PMAs, private membership associations or private associations. And and this isn't going against what I was saying about groups or anything like that. Because like, if you structure it correctly. No one in individual, no single man or woman within the PMA or private association can do anything to cause harm to it or change anything within it. And at the same time, they're also free to go whenever they want to go. It's really that easy. Right. Uh, with a private association, really, you've got your intent is the first thing that you lay out for it. And that if anybody operates outside of what that intent originally is then their actions are void so i mean it's easy so it's easy to protect against things like that and not only that but when you're a member of private member association just like they do with all those different agencies that are interconnected you can interconnect your own private member association and this helps protect each of the associations by members associating with other associations it helps protect those members against violating each other according to their own private membership associations, which in like kind should generally be following the same already sanctified and ordained protections. Full armor of God. Wherein Congress shall make no law respecting, which means reviewing the, uh, the establishment of religion, the establishment of religion through any scripture, no matter what religion, is that establishment that's already been made. It's I'm trying to sh show something here, Keith. Can you see this? House of, I'm going to say that's uh, Parker. No. Um, yeah, it's your. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. The screen just doesn't want to do it. I'll tell you what this is. This is uh, the 2021 rules for the House of Representatives. All right. Remember, talked about private association. You have rules within it. Well, guess what? These are the rules for 2021 for that private association. Um, if you go back, I remember long time ago when I did watch TV, uh, seeing Paul Ryan was pulled aside uh, in front of a congressional building and a reporter was asking him about the situation with Hillary because they had just decided that, you know, they're leaving everything alone. And they, the reporter said, are you going to follow up on this? Are you still going to be pushing this case on Hillary? And he said, no. 
He said, because it would be against house rules. And I just busted out laughing because I'm thinking, don't the American public listen to this and think, wait a minute, aren't you supposed to be upholding the Constitution? So you should be going after her. No, instead he's saying he was defending house rules, the rules of their private association. That should have been a big telltale sign to everybody right there because it's all private associations running everything. Yeah, exactly. It, that's what I was saying earlier. All these agencies, if you guys aren't familiar with 12 USC 3201, I think it is. Um, I'll have to pull it up and double check, but it states the establishment. There we go talking about establishing establishment of foreign or excuse me, establishment of federal branches and agency by foreign bank. That tells you the federal branches and agencies are foreign banks and they're operating as foreign entities with each other in contracts. Period. That's yeah. all go, go to the First Amendment. What's the First Amendment say? It says that Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. Well, you are an establishment. If you look up what an establishment is legally, you yourself, your household is an establishment. Have you established yourself? Well, if you haven't correctly established yourself, then guess what? All those other amendments are for you. And because you're not uh, the man of piety, you've not, you're not a man who has decided what you are going to follow and what rules and authority you're going to follow. So they're just going to presume you're following them because they have to operate under presumption of law. Bottom line. That's how the operation of law works, fully under presumption. And the only reason why it has to work that way is because people have not come forward and made their claim. They haven't come forward and unconsented, like Robert Menard said. Yeah, they, they haven't come forward and recognized the return to that which was established by showing where it was established. As Brian and I both mentioned earlier, one of my favorite verses that I'm sure Brian's, Jeremiah 1.5. I knew thee before I formed thee in the belly. Before thou was cast from the womb, I sanctified thee. I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations, confirming Isaiah 54, wherein we're to let no tongue pro prosper against us. We are to condemn every word that rises against us in judgment, for our word is righteousness of the Lord, saith the Lord. So long as we sing his word. Keith, you, you know what Jeremiah 1.5 sounds like to me? It, it sounds a lot to me like that word they like to use called or that term, original jurisdiction. Because exactly. that's, that's your original jurisdiction right there. Yes. I knew thee before I formed a belly. In order to know a thing, one must first be able to name it. You cannot name me. No one can. Mom and dad gave me a calling. That's their, that was what, what inspired them to call me for the rest of my life. That is not my name. Only he 
knows my name. Not even I know that name. I will not know it until he calls me. In the meantime, every name ever made is in fact a pen name because it must be first in order to be transferred anywhere, be written down. That's it. Bottom line. Well, Keith, I need to zoom out of here, bro. All right. Um, look forward to seeing everybody next Sunday night, 9 o'clock Eastern. And like I say, you know, where do you start researching? Learn who you really are, where you're really from, where you're really at. Well, where you're really from is right there, Jeremiah 1.5. Yep. And it was established there, and it has standing because he spake it, and it stood fast. From this time forth and evermore, he preserves thy going out and thy coming in. God bless you all. Love you. Thanks for joining.